I don't know. I just called him. He's like, I can't hear you. I can't hear you. I can't hear you. Oh, so I fucking hung up. Like, I can tell this is going to go well. What's going on? This is Brandon. This is Joshua. And this is Dave. And you are now tuned into PVD Horror. And you are now tuned into PVD Horror. This is Dallas Jackson, the writer-director of Thriller on Netflix. Welcome to Sudden Death on Netflix. And you're listening to the PVD Horror Podcast. Time for some hard news. <laughs> no. <laughs> Saying your coolest voice. <laughs> so we have some hard news for today. There's some new uh, topics we're going to touch on. Uh, for everyone that's fans of the franchise Ginger Snaps, that will also be getting a fucking tel- uh, television series. You know, we did that film. We did, Yeah, it's exactly. It's like, Let's make everything a fucking TV show today, you know? And it's, you know, so yeah, for everyone that's fans of that uh, coming of age werewolf film for uh, teenage girls, you know, so uh, I wonder what they can do, you know, with a, with, with like a full se- with a full season, what, like usually what, 10 episodes? 10, 12. There, I mean, where is this? What is this streaming on, or what is this like going to be filmed for? Do we know? Not sure yet. They're they're just getting everyone together, and I I heard that uh, the director from the first uh, first movie is going to be involved in it. I'm not sure. I'm not sure what we're going to get here. You know what really bothers me? Why is it that everything is like a teen drama? Every time they put something horror related on TV, it's like a teen drama. And I like I just want to see people get killed, man. Like, why not put like Friday the Thirteenth? Well, they had the Friday the Thirteenth series, but you know what I mean. That was just cashing in on the name. Like, yeah. why not do something with Jason Voorhees running through the woods, just slashing people every day? Why does it always have yeah. to be drama? Bring bring back Freddy's Nightmares. Yeah, dude, that was a dope show, right? Right, and yeah, yeah so, just replay fucking tales from the crypt and stuff like that, you know. Yeah. Also, we have uh, some more news. <clears throat> Joe Hill wants to uh, write and direct the remake to his father Stephen King's film, Maximum Overdrive. What do you guys think about that? Uh, that's awesome. Oh, yeah. I just want to see the soda machine, like, revamped. <laughs> oh, come on. That's the one thing. <laughs> I, I wouldn't look... <laughs> I wouldn't have a problem with this remake because it's like, how cool is it to like remake something that your father made, you know what I mean? And just write and direct, and then, you know, and still have your father's like guidance to kind of like guide you through it. And uh, I think, I think that idea is like, it's awesome. You know what I mean? I can't wait to check it out. Something that's kind of cool about this is that Jonah Hill actually looks creepier than his dad. Have you guys seen him on anything? He was on the, the shutter uh, show for with Eli Roth He's a creepy yeah. ass looking dude. Um, <laughs> so he's got a face you know, for literature, is what you're telling me. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Um, but no, I think this is awesome. Like, yeah, I, I, I agree with you, Brandon. It's like it's cool to see him like kind of following his dad's footsteps and trying to recreate something that his dad made. And yeah. yeah, this could be this could be fun. 
Yeah, because it was cool. He also did that in the like the creep shows um series that's that came on Shutter, you know what I mean? Him and his dad, they wrote some of that stuff on there. So I thought it was cool. Any news <laughs> about Jonah Hill so that I don't look like a complete idiot? <laughs> Jonah Jonah Hill, breaking news. He's fat again. He's funny again. Oh, he's funny. And that ends horror news. So now we transition into Sunday stream, stream, stream. <laughs> All right, our first film for streaming Sundays is the 1987 film Doom Asylum. This masterpiece, right, Josh? You with me? Oh, I, I love this movie. Yeah, you messaged me right after I posted it. So I was like, ah, I did something right, I guess, here. <laughs> um, so this film is found on Tubi, I believe it was. Yep, it was Tubi. Um, like I said, it's from 1987. Uh, it stars Kristen Davis in his cast of uh, teens that are visiting an abandoned asylum. And that abandoned asylum is Essex and Mountain Asylum, which is over in New Jersey. Uh, the particular part of that um, asylum that they filmed in is no longer standing. Uh, but that was kind of a cool little uh, backdrop for the movie. And the majority, the whole movie actually um, is filmed within this asylum. So it's kind of cool. You know, they're going down these abandoned hallways and in all the rooms and stuff. Um the premise is uh, this guy, Mitch Hansen, is driving with his girlfriend or his whatever she is at the very beginning. And they're telling him and she's telling him how much she loves him. And he's saying, I swear to God, babe, I love you, too. And like they're like this, you know, they're having this romantic moment. And then they get into a horrific car accident that kills her. And you think it kills him. But I guess it doesn't kill him, or maybe he's dead and he's a zombie. I'm not totally sure, but whatever it is, he looks decrepit and he's like peeling skin. And it's so horrible, but it's so entertaining. <laughs> and um, I will tell you, like, you know, I don't like the level of Josh bad movies, but this one is like right up, like, this is cool. This is fun. You watch this and you're laughing the entire time because the acting is horrible, but it's just like you can't stop watching because it's like it's funny how bad it is. And then, I mean, there was some kind of good gore, some kind of good good kill scenes, some not so good. His makeup is terrible; it's like peeling off him. There's a this hilarious scene where he's choking one of the kids, and as he goes to reach to choke them, his sleeve pulls down, and you can see that he's wearing gloves. <laughs> And like he has gloves that make it, that have like peely skin on them, so I mean they definitely like didn't do a great job in the editing room, but um, yeah, yeah, no, super super so, fun. Uh, have you guys ever seen Sex in the City, the show? Yeah, yeah. So my wife used to watch it, and uh, Kristen Davis was one of the stars. And I, the first time we watched it, I was like, oh my god, that's a girl from Doom Asylum. And my wife was like, what are you talking about? She should have known to run right then and there. But <laughs> the, uh, yeah, it was her first film. Did you know that? Um, I assumed she was pretty young in it. Um, I'm not going to lie. She's super attractive. And like, you know. And oh, yeah. Just, All the girls in this were. 
Yeah. Yeah. There was, um, I don't know her, but I know the, the girl that was like kind of the jerk girl. Um, that's like, there's like this band doing a music video in the asylum before the, the group music ever. There. and the main girl of that band is a play, uh, playgirl model, playboy model, playgirl model. <laughs> her name was Ruth Collins. I did, I did look that up and I saw that, um, she was a playboy model and there's, a, oh my God, the best thing ever is this fight scene between that playboy model and like the the jock of the group and <laughs> it is the, it's a terrible fight but she kicks his ass but she like repeatedly jumps on him and he like does nothing to stop it from happening and she just keeps jumping on him but it looks like they're almost embracing and then she like it goes to like they're just fighting to she's actually going to try to murder him by letting like throwing him off the top of a building it's like oh, it's like the most that just like escalated so quickly um but yeah doom asylum i highly recommend it to everybody it is hilarious and super fun so check that out please it's on tubi that was a richard freeman film by the way okay has big time director of really low budget crappy movies so well he did yeah. well here yeah i can i can look it up but i'm not going to so there you go <laughs> good pick dave all right so that so that wraps up doom asylum josh what do you got for sunday streams bro I got a mouthful of burrito. Oh fuck! Come on, looking <laughs> guy. Got yeah. a mouthful of burrito. All right, so my pick for Sunday night streams was uh, the Hoobie Halloween, the Adam Sandler film. Apparently, mm-hmm. it's like number number one on Netflix now, or something like that. So it's way up there. I'm not a big fan of Adam Sandler, but everyone else that was in the film totally made the film. He acts the same in every single movie I've ever seen him in, so I wasn't too keen on it, but I sat down with my family to watch it. It was hysterical. Uh, and it, it was actually, like, scary at some points, which was really cool. So the uh, Adam Sandler plays a Halloween safety guy, <laughs> and uh, he goes around <laughs> on Halloween making sure everybody's safe. And, of course, like, funny shit just hits the fan, and it's incredible. It was so fun, and and especially the grandma, like her, his mother. That's right, his mother, the boner donor T-shirt. Yeah, she had some classic shirts, man. Right, Brandon was like, "Oh, the boner donor." <laughs> I had to explain what, to my son what that was. He thought it was the funniest thing in the world. So uh, that was my Sunday stream. Uh, I assume you guys saw it, so I'll just pass it over to you guys. Yeah, I had checked it out. Um, the night it came out, me and the kids, we watched it. It's pretty, yeah, it was a really good family film, you know, Halloween special, you know, something cool. Like you said, again, with the T-shirts and everything like that, it had a lot of humor. And, um, like, when I, like, when I first seen the trailer of it and everything like that, I had heard his voice. And I'm like, oh, he's rolling with that voice, you know, that he always does on the, little, on the side as a little, like, a little side joke in most of his films. And I know most people are like, what the fuck? Like, some people can't stand that his voice. But, you know, I mean, like, if you're a big Adam Sandler fan, you know, from back in the day, you know, that's where that voice came from. It's just, like, something he just did and freestyled to it. And I don't have a problem with it. You're you're Adam Sandler hater, Josh. It's cool. I thought most of his films are fine. I think that 
they uh, kind of fell off once he did that deal with Netflix and he had like a few, a few films with them at the beginning. But I think this is probably like one of his best Netflix deal films that he had uh, completed. All right, Josh, good pick, man. I think um, I think a lot of people are checking that movie out right now. Um, I've seen a lot of people uh, posting about it. It's, you know, it's Halloween season. We're Halloween's the end of this week. So good pick, man. Yeah. All right, Brandon, you got, you got a streaming, right? Yeah, I got one. Um, from my last choice I had picked before was uh, The Terror Within. And we talked about that film on how cheesy it was, you know, like a big alien ripoff. Um, back again, the, the gargoyles are back. When I was sitting there going through, uh, I was going through, like, looking for a film to watch. And it's like, boom, The Terror Within 2. Oh. And just like, I'm like, more I'm like, ah, shit. Like, do I fucking watch this or should I just, like, fucking skip it? Because the original wasn't the greatest. But you know what? Fuck it. Let me give it a shot. So I end up watching it. And it was a, it was a decent film. And it, and it falls into one of those films where it's like, okay, the sequel's better than the first one. It's like, how does this happen? You know? And so I don't want to touch. Like, you know what I mean? Like, if you want to, if you're a big fan of those films, check it out. But I want to kind of get into that to the point now where it's like, Dave, have you ever seen what franchise films do you think has a better sequel than the original? Oh, that's a good question. Hmm. Gremlins. Gremlins? No. Gremlins. No. Me, no. Yeah, so, so, so that you bring up Gremlins, I actually seen Gremlins as when I was younger. I seen Gremlins 2 before the first one. Oh. And I had gone back to watch the first one, and I'm just kind of like, oh, shit, I like the first one better. Like, Gremlins 2 is just like a fucking free-for-all, and it just, it's everywhere. But Brandon, the first House one, I feel... Yeah, I think, yeah, definitely. House 2, I think, is, is better than the, uh, than the first one. They're, they're both good films, but I think that it's just like some, some directors and some writers are able to go look at, like, their first film and say, okay, I made mistakes here. Let's kind of change it up and kind of go somewhere else with it. Was it the same writer-director? So, yeah, Dave, I, I think that there was um, new people, there's different directors and everything with the sequel from the first one. So I think that uh, that sometimes can help flip the story if you kind of like yeah. hand it to somebody else. It's kind of like what we kind of talked about before with uh, Return of the Living Dead uh, series, you know, how part three just drifts away from the first two. So I think that like, you know, if you... Um, kind of pay attention to those films and it's kind of like all right you, you put it in somebody else's hands then okay well we, maybe this person can kind of like come up with some good ideas and then kind of execute you what we kind of had in mind for the first film i got i got a couple of uh bold horror statements i can make about this whole idea of sequels being better than the originals ready yeah hellraiser 2 is better than hellraiser 1 you think so Maybe. <laughs> maybe. Maybe. I'm throwing it out there. I'm throwing it out there. Now, I can't remember if it's Hellraiser 2 or Hellraiser 3 that I love, um, but I like one of them, and that's better than the original to me. Yeah. Uh, Nightmare on Elm Street 3 is better than Nightmare on Elm Street 1. Yeah. Yeah. I'll, I mean, I'll leave it at that because I think I'll get enough flack for those two. But, no, I mean – yeah, I, I, I definitely – and for me personally, like, there is something about – sequels that i do appreciate sometimes like to me sequels sometimes have more replay value because yeah. like 
I like like the first the first ones are always classic, but sometimes it like takes a while to like explain what's happening or to create the character. And there's a lot of character development. And then like once I already know the character, it's like I'd rather just see that character kill. So yeah. I think that's why sometimes I'm like, let me just get to part two or part three where there's no character development. I already know the guy and he's just killing away. Um, as opposed to like, you know, Nightmare on Elm Street where I know Freddy, I've no I've loved him for a long time. I already know how he comes about. I don't really need to see this build up to like them discovering who Freddy is and stuff. Now, now what do you think about Halloween? one and two i know so, you're a big halloween fan so yeah, those, those I, I actually i wanted to say it but i held back because i think that i would be <laughs> I, I think this is going to get a lot of negative feedback i love how halloween too um and i know it's not like a perfect film and i know it's actually not the way they yeah. even like there was a lot of negative things going on with the set or even just like how that was received but um Action-wise, Halloween 2 has a lot more action. Halloween 1 goes through periods of uh, lulls where it like kind of yeah. drags. I know these are all statements that are going to get a lot of hate from some people, but then I know there's others that totally agree with what I'm saying right now. I got one more, Wait, actually. Wait a <laughs> all right, all right. How are you? All right. Troll 1 <laughs> and Troll 2. <laughs> it's like fucking night and day like i didn't even like i like troll one just seems like some like fantasy like child movie and then it was just kind of like all right you fucking see just troll two just being talked about like so much and it's just like it's a great cheesy fucking film i think that's definitely a so bad it's josh <laughs> but, but i love troll two so i was my I, my last one i was gonna throw out was i enjoy child's play two more than i enjoy child's play one but they are both very yeah. good movies. I was going to say that also. But yeah, they're great. You know, you can't take anything away from both of them. I think that they're just both well made. And like I said before, like, I think they watch, they, you know, look at the first one. It's like, okay, the second one, what can we do? What can we do with Chucky to make this even better than the first one? And I think oh, that, you know, I mean, you have to, yeah, you have to have that attitude going into making a sequel. You know what I mean? It's just like, not let's it's not like they jump from child's play one to fucking seat of chucky <laughs> you know what i mean <laughs> so so it was like all right so i got, got one for you guys to... ready llama get in one or llama get in two wait a minute are you uh did they even make a part two yet I, yeah you're, you're, you're known for throwing out movies that haven't even been made <laughs> <laughs> You know what? There isn't a lot of Lamageddon 2, but it, they, they need to make one. No, it you was made, it. but it's, that, uh, <laughs> it's never been released. It's hanging out in the basement. It's but like wait a minute. Let's see. Yeah, but wait, let's see. Since the first one was already made, let's throw the creative control in your hands and see if we can make a fucking better <gasps> film with the second one. Oh, could you imagine if I had to make Lamageddon? Oh, you guys could get blown up by the llama. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh man. Who wants to get pregnant by the llama? All right. All That'd right. Be Dave. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And that brings us to It's so bad it's good. All right, so that brings us to our next segment, uh, which is obviously so bad it's good. You heard the great intro we just did for that. Um but I have a special guest for you guys. 
uh, my brother from another mother, Mr. Chuckles the Clown, is now on our podcast. Good evening, and thank you for having me aboard. Yeah, what's up, Chuckles? Nothing much. Getting ready for the season. A couple more days, and the the layer of the uh, the veil will be as thin as it's been in a long time. Cool, man, cool. So, uh... So right now, um, we're going to start off with, first off, uh, Lamageddon. Lamageddon is a great film that I, th- I think it's streaming on Amazon Prime. Uh, it's picking up a lot of, like, good feedback all of a sudden. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's totally good feedback. <laughs> is it really good feedback? Because it's, it's an older, it came out a couple of years ago, like 2016, 2015. Right. So when you say it's it's getting good feedback, do you mean like you and Guts Podcast watched it and said it's good? <laughs> yeah, me and Space Viking. What up, <laughs> yeah. Space Viking? We're the only ones that watched it. Um, <laughs> it's good. So good obviously none of you have seen it. Uh, so here here's the premise, and you tell me if it's something worth your time. A llama comes from space and crashes on earth right and then hates humanity so he starts killing everybody with his eye laser beams so he starts blowing people up then he meets some punk guy and like impregnates him and he has baby llamas that are aliens and uh, I, I'll tell you, the llama, he, he, he beats people up. He blows them up with his eye laser beams. Uh, it's just a sick, sick movie. So Wait, good. So he, he hates humanity, but then he decides to get a human pregnant? Well, of course, he needs, to, uh, he needs more people in his army, so he needs reinforcements. <laughs> Obviously, all the llamas in Llamageddon, they all team up to, you know, blow up humans. Come is on, guys. Are you paying man? attention? Is he in love with this man he impregnates? No. No. <laughs> is he in love? <laughs> it was really weird. Like, he, he, like, caressed him with the hoof, and then uh, that was it. That's all it took. Sounds so. like love. <laughs> Llama love. Uh, <laughs> Llama getting it. <laughs> yeah, the... Uh, Brandon, did you watch that? <laughs> yeah. No, uh, no, the only thing I watched... Of that was uh, the the guts podcast. Their uh, their little uh, skit, their little skit for that. So I, other than that, I have never seen that film. Dave, you saw it, right? <laughs> yeah. Try again, buddy. Try again. All right, Chuckles. <laughs> You're the third guy, Chuckles. Did you see it? No, but it sounds like something like that. Carl, that that llama there was laser be- like that. They had the the cartoon on YouTube about. There's like. There's Never a cartoon on YouTube about llamas. Yeah, how they eat people and everything. See, I told you Llamageddon was a hit. You guys are so under... You guys live under a rock. So... That's probably where they got the idea. <laughs> I don't doubt it. Um, so then the next one is... Uh, it, it actually came out in 1985. Um, but then... Yeah, it didn't get released on VHS until 1990. So, shame. yeah, and it's Attack of the Killer Refrigerator. For so, five got, years, the world was deprived of this movie until they finally Oh, you have no idea. 
Yeah, the original release was Media House, and then uh, the VHS VHS release was five years later um, by the same people, but it was uh, Donna Michelle Productions, which made a really uh, they they carried and distributed a lot of underground VHSs. Um, for all you VHS collectors, I you, you know what I'm saying. Yeah. So the and then the VHS release had an extra film because this film's only like 16 minutes long, but they didn't have short films in the eighties. So it was just released as a film. Uh, but then it had a bo- bonus film attached to the VHS, uh, the hook of Woodland Heights. So that one apparently is a good movie, but I'm not reviewing that one right now. Am I? Um, you don't like good movies. So that wouldn't be your style. Yeah. I don't want that. Um, yeah. The VHS, like, it's a collector's item. They only made like a thousand of them. So I think it sells for almost $400 or something like crazy like that now. So, yeah, I never had a copy of that. So no one ever stole it. Looking at you, Brandon. <laughs> I was getting ready to ask you if you found that. <laughs> you have it in your basement. You're ransoming it. Give it back. Dude, I've been getting fucking death threats <laughs> about that fucking film. Talking about give Josh his shit back. Yeah. You fucking jacko thief Um, i'm telling you guys you got to watch attack of the killer refrigerator it's on youtube i think um in the opening credits refrigerator is spelled wrong they put a d in it yeah it's 16 minutes the best 16 minutes of your life dave i'll do this for you oh you have to see it like um so who wrote it um michael michael savano i think it is he he is the writer director he he also made another film that is legendary called Snapper the Man-Eating Turtle, but no one has ever seen it or heard of it. Like no one has ever seen it. So I don't know if it was actually made, but Snapper is out there somewhere. That was legendary. <laughs> it was legend. It was it was it was made and then I don't think it was made. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I, think I heard it's, like it's so the the guy uh the guy, uh, what is it? What is it? I think it's Michael Savano. He is like a legendary guy for making this film. He made a bunch of other films, like the Hook film that I just talked about, and a couple other ones. And apparently, this Snapper film that he made is like everyone's looking for it, but no one can ever find it. So, um, but in Attack of the Killer Refrigerator, anyway, there's some stupid facts that'll never get me anywhere in life. Um, the movie itself is amazing. These kids start hitting it. They're having a party. They hit it with a hammer. And then the refrigerator in retaliation starts like sucking them into the other dimensions. Like people get dismembered, even though it's got the old school handle and the fridge flings out and like stabs somebody with the handle. Dude, it's insane. It's an insane film. Definitely worth 16 minutes of your life. All right. So, and, and, this, and this goes out to you, Michael Savano. I want to see Snapper <laughs> the Turtle. Yeah, I want to see Snapper. Michael yeah. Savano. So you guys watch this film, right? <laughs> yeah. No, guys, I told you I'm going to. We just to told you that we would watch it. We're you always it say that. 16. You always well, say you're going to. 16 minutes, bro. It's 16, it's 16 Chuck, minutes. Are you watching it? I'll check it out. I'll check it out. I watched Attack of the Killer Tomatoes by accident. I thought that's what you were telling me to watch. I'm sorry. <laughs> See, all three of you. Forget you guys. And I watched Attack of the Killer Donuts by accident, but not by accident. <laughs> that was a good one. I did a I mean, post on that one. So that uh, 
so I, I'm going to throw in the third one uh, because I actually borrowed my brother's copy of this, um, the DVD. Thank you for letting me borrow it, Chuckles. Um, Skinned oh, Deep from 2004. Uh, and this film... Uh, yeah, this film was the same guy who did all the special effects for the Leprechaun, uh, Gabriel Bart Bartos, I think it was. Gabriel, his name was Gabriel. Um, he did all the special effects for the Leprechaun movies, which was really cool. This film doesn't make any sense whatsoever, but it's gory as hell because he did all the special effects. It's like these kids, uh, this family gets a flat tire. They end up on the side of the road and then um, they end up in this psycho house, kind of like Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2 style. And the house is like a labyrinth and there's dead bodies everywhere. Um, and the girl, like the, the girl, uh, they kidnap the girl and they kill her entire family. And then the girl gets captured and she has to get out. And there's a biker fight like Warwick Davis is in this. And it's, oh. yeah. This guy must have had a good relationship with him after Leprechaun then getting to do this. Yeah, yeah. Oh, definitely. Definitely. You could tell. So it's funny. I hadn't seen this movie since it came out, right? So I was watching the uh, DVD with the, the extras and the interview. Now, the, the guy, Gabriel, he's done some great stuff like Spookies he's worked on. He was the muck man in Spookies, actually. Um, he did all the Leprechaun movies, uh, Frankenhooker, like just really good stuff. And then he puts out this movie and like, what? And Warwick Davis, his name is Plates. So I love it. Watching, oh, right? Where he starts throwing the plates and killing people with them? Hucking plates at people. <laughs> it's insane. It is absolutely insane. Yeah, you guys definitely got to check this out. Warwick Davis, like Chuckles just said, he his name's Plates. And all he does in the movie is throw plates at people to kill them. Like, it's insane. Um, and uh, another thing, I was watching the extras and the writer-director who did all this great special effects, he's doing an interview in a slaughterhouse. And I'm like, what the hell's behind him? And I realized they're mutilating cows. As he's doing this interview, there's two guys in the back cutting up beef, like gutting cows and stuff. And uh, I'm like, what the hell? Like, doesn't make any sense. Um, but this this film is legendary, not only for Warwick Davis. Yeah, for you as well. Um, <laughs> Chuckles. Chuckles, I got to ask you a question, man. So yeah. I know like we hear Josh talk about, you know, these so bad, it's good movies. What, why do you love them? Uh, it's, it's a sense of getting out of reality and getting away from like the ever so normal horror movies that everybody watches. It's something different, you know, it's yeah. uh, got a, a sense of being comfortable watching it. I, I don't know. Uh, what um what part it. of them well what part of them do you like is it that draws you to them is it like 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 laughing at how absurd they are is it you know like some of them are just extremely gory oh, yeah. like what, what part of it that is that you love a little of both laughing at them uh, the goriness and then figuring out down the road that this is actually a horror movie that i could have created while i was filming <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the only difference 
guys had a budget and they got everything else, but not much of a budget, but had a budget and we were able to produce it. But it, it definitely right. reminds me of something that we do. Yeah, I, I actually can totally see that. I mean, I guess there is an appreciation for a film that you watch and you're like, I totally could have made this. Um, well, I don't know if you remember, Chuckles. Remember when this came out? Um, we were super excited because uh, Fangora actually produced it. It wasn't one of the ones they actually made, but they distributed it. So it had the Fangora name on it. Um, what uh, it was under the Gorezone label. So I remember when it came out, uh, Chuckles and I were in the video store, like, oh my God, it's, it's from Fangora. So I don't know if you remember yeah. that, Chuckles. I do remember that. Remember that getting very excited from that. So yeah. Two uh, companies I really like Fangora and Brain Dead. Uh, Brain Dead's outstanding for cheesy movies. Oh, I've Brain covered so many of those films in the So Bad It's Good. I, I love, I did, uh, what is it, Highway to Hell with Phoebe Dollar and then Terra Tunes. So I got your back, oh, man. So good. <laughs> no, so, I remember uh, when you posted uh, Terra Tunes. I was like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> Dude, it was oh. such a good movie. So, it is. So, Chuckles, uh, thanks for coming on, man. I really appreciate that. Um, oh, no can you, Yeah, can you tell us uh, what you're doing now and what the future looks like for Mr. Chuckles the Clown? Uh, right now, we're working on two little side projects. They're really goofy, and uh, they're, they're, they're dealing with YouTube uh, uh, sketches and everything like that. And I'm also working on a... Uh, paranormal hosting the show as kind of like Elvira, but chuckles nevertheless. I'll be hosting paranormal investigations. Um, so that that's going to be rocking up next year. We're still working on places and people. I've gotten some footage, uh, but we're still rocking that out. And of course, we are returning to cable access uh, once we are get the go ahead and the green light for the shows being um, recorded and edited and everything. We're going to be returning back to cable access as well. And of course, uh, if it's okay to plug my uh, radio show, we still do uh, uh, RhodeIslandFreeRadio.org, uh, Chuckles Crypt up there. So, Yeah, man. Uh, so just real quick, the name of the show, um, I know the, the one that's on public access is also on YouTube. That's Chuckles Crypt, right? Chuckles Crypt, right. Yeah. Now, what is the other one going to be called? Because uh, I'm pretty sure you told me Poetic Justice, and uh, I plugged that, uh, I think, in the last podcast. Yeah, that's exactly what it's going to be called, Poetic Justice. We're going to have uh, interviews with some of the paranormal get, like uh, gurus of the world. Um, we're going to be doing it, like uh, hosting, uh, like you said, paranormal investigations. Well, I, I will begin the show off like Elvira. And then we'll go into the show and have little breaks here and there. That's awesome, man. Hey, Chuckles, uh, greatly appreciated from all the guys over here at PVD. Um, thank you so much for coming on, man. Best of luck with your new adventures. Thank you so much. And you guys keep rocking the horror world of Rhode Island. All right, Josh and Chuckles, thank you guys for those so bad. They are horrible. Um, I am about to get you too. Bears and scares. 
<laughs> Why are they all the same? It's my only like voiceover. That's the only thing I know. All right. So starting off here, I got my first beers and scares. So um, I decided to do some more pumpkin beers, which Josh has been killing me about each week that I do them. Uh, <laughs> he's shaking his head at me right now. So, all right, Josh, hang in there with me. I uh, So typically I do one beer and a movie. Um, but I decided to go all out this week and I did four different beers and a movie. And they are four different variations of pumpkin beers for you to make fun of me about. So I did... Um, to go with these pumpkin beers, I did the Pumpkinhead sequel, Pumpkinhead 2. Was it Blood Wings? Is that what it's called, I think? It was not the best movie, but it was a Pumpkinhead movie, so I got to watch a Pumpkinhead movie. Uh, it basically is a 90s version of the Pumpkinhead movie that we saw. Um, you know, there's a group of teens, there's Pumpkinhead coming back for revenge and stuff like that. Uh, I can't super recommend it, but I can super recommend some of these beers, not all of them. Uh, the O'Fallon Brewery is where I got these, uh, where these beers are from. They are not from Rhode Island. Um, there was a mix pack of four. So I had a salted caramel, Mexican hot chocolate, pumpkin, uh, pumpkin cream stout, and a whip cream uh, pumpkin beer. The salted caramel was trash garbage and I actually could not finish it. And that says a lot for me because I drink anything that is in front of me. So the fact that I actually dumped it down the drain says a lot about how that one was. The rest of them were delicious though. So I would actually recommend most of them, but please don't drink that salted caramel. It is trash. Um, so as far as the pumpkin head too, have you guys seen that? And yeah, what is it. your opinion on Pumpkinhead 2? I don't remember it. Yeah. Yeah. Brandon? Yeah, it's kind of like yeah, it's kind of like the same thing with Josh. I've seen it a long time ago. It's definitely one of those films that you have to think about like revisiting sometimes, but it definitely does not compare. You can't throw it into that conversation we just had no. about sequels being better than the first. So no. So one of the things I noticed right off the bat is the Pumpkinhead himself is not as well done as in the first one. Um, the costume has a lot of flaws to it. Like you start to notice it looks a little cheesy in some uh, some scenes. It looks flimsy in some scenes, whereas in the original, it looks so lifelike. You're like, holy shit, this is a real monster. Um, I didn't get that sense at all from this one. He's super like, and I don't remember this in the first, but like his, I think it was his hands were giant mm -hmm. in the sequel. And I'm like, oh my God. Like, and it was so noticeable. That was actually like distracting me most scenes. And they look, the fingers look flimsy and stuff like that. It just was not good um, as far as the costume design goes compared to the original. Um, definitely a, a step down. But I mean, it was still a Pumpkinhead film. Still, you know, yeah. enjoyable enough to watch. So. If you like cheesy 90s monster films, definitely one to watch. And O'Fallon Brewery is out of Missouri. I apologize for not saying that earlier. Um, but I did find their their beer in the lovely town of Woonsocket. So come on, man. I'm right on the line. So <laughs> <laughs> all right. And then um my other beers and scares was uh Tales of Halloween. So I mean we're 
getting down to the crunch here for Halloween night. And what better way to celebrate it than an anthology with a bunch of Halloween-themed films? Um, this is streaming on a bunch of places right now. I think it might be on Prime, Tubi. Uh, I don't know if it's on Netflix. But this is, like, a pretty popular one at the moment. If you're in within the horror community, like, people talk about this one a lot. I feel like it's almost like, uh, what's that Christmas anthology, too? It, I feel like it, it's kind of along the same lines. It's like Christmas Horror Story yeah. or something. Christmas yeah. Horror Story, Maybe. that's it. I was just talking about that Krampus um, scene oh, yeah. today, actually, yeah. with somebody. Yeah, that Krampus scene was pretty cool. I mean, this one is like, I feel like it's along the same lines as that. Is like, if you like that quality of that, of Christmas Horror Story, you'll like Tales of Halloween. Um, it's like a, I forget what year it came out, but it's a rel- within the last five years, at least. And it's like I said, it's a horror anthology. The, I mean, the first one is probably one of my favorites. Um, this kid that comes around trying to like kill people for candy, you know, they tell this story and then like in the story, they show him like eating the candy from in his caregiver's stomachs. So he rips their stomachs open to get the candy out of them. It's pretty gross. Um, so yeah, it's a good one to get in the Halloween spirit. And for my beers on this one, I featured some Buttonwoods and Origin Beer Project beers. Um, they are sharing a brewery that is in Providence, Cranston Line in Rhode Island. Um, the reason why I, sh- I decided to show their beers off this week was, um, well, first of all, they gave me free beer, which is awesome. So I'm never going <laughs> to not show that off. But um, also we're collaborating with them on an event this weekend, uh, this Friday. So I wanted to let everybody see what they're going to be showcasing at that event. And they did some spooky themed beers. So we had uh, Last Caress by Buttonwoods, uh, which is obviously named after a Misfit song. We had Monsters in My Closet by them as well. And uh, Fade into Darkness by Origin Beer Project, which had beets in like the beer making process, which turned the beer like a reddish color. Um, which was so cool. And that beer was super tasty and got me way messed up. So thank you to those guys for uh, getting me pretty turned on a Friday um, and then hang over the next day, which was not so cool. Um, <laughs> I enjoyed it while it lasted. Thank you guys. So those are my beers look, and skaters. Look, man, I, I enjoy beer too. Like, why, why, why can't I get beers? Is because I don't do bears and scares. I'm gonna start fucking doing something, something and scares to see if I can get free shit from somebody else. Let's see. Weed and scares. Yeah, I'll take that. <laughs> <laughs> I'll take all that. Um, I don't know. I'm trying to think of other things you might want. Um... Uh, let's save it for off the podcast. <laughs> hey, <all right. laughs> let's get to the drawing yeah, board. All right, so that's my beers and scares, guys. Thank you very much. I'm out. Good job, Dave. That Tales of Halloween was a good one. Thank you, Josh. Sure. <laughs> Thank you, Josh. I like I like the way that you say like you enjoy our picks when we're done. Like you know what I mean? Like I had a few, and I'm like, oh wow, Josh likes my film. <laughs> but I just feel a certain way because it's like we shit on your films, and then it's just like when, when you're done talking, we're like, ah, oh, yeah, fuck that movie, and then Josh is like. <laughs> That was a great film. <laughs> you guys think? Like, you know what? He's right, though. <laughs> you make me feel like an asshole. 
All right. You know, Josh, I'm going to let you, I'm going to go ahead and we're going to let you talk about a good film. So let's get into our next segment. On Saturday. Yeah, so uh, I'll start off with uh, Slept On Saturday because I'm I was um, in the rotation. I was up, and uh, I picked um, the film of Vampires. Uh, that was 1998. Vampires came out. Uh, great film. The the vampires in this were not uh, lovey dovey and super romantic. Uh, in the nineties, um, everything was kind of frilly vampires and this one, man, the vampires slept in the ground. They butchered people left and right. Excuse me. The vampires were so badass. Um, even the, uh, the vampire hunters were super badass. Uh, it's got James Woods, um, obviously a Rhode Island legend. He lives in Rhode Island. Um, and uh his his character was absolutely amazing um just top-notch acting i guess so from what i understand he could be hard to work with but john carpenter and him got along really well and john carpenter was like listen man this is your character run with it and i guess a lot of stuff was ad-libbed but super good movie um the girl cheryl lee Man, oh man! When I when I was eighteen, I had the hearts for her. She was so hot in this movie. Uh, one of the Baldwin brothers was in it. Uh, I think the big one was Alec Baldwin. He got the role, but he passed it to his mm-hmm. younger brother, who killed it. Um, mm-hmm. I think it was Daniel. So the Baldwin, by far his best acting gig to date was this film. Um, super over the top, bloody. The story was super gritty. The acting was spot on. All the special effects were great. Like this is just a solid film that a lot of people forget about. You know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. This um back in the day, I don't know if you guys remember this. We did a, a follower pick of the week, and I did like uh, best underrated. Uh, vampire film and this was like what our followers picked as well so they got wow. they got some things man uh i can honestly film. tell you the second one starred um bon jovi that one definitely not the best sequel so there you go did he get shot through the heart then <laughs> you're to blame <laughs> oh my god i'm gonna start texting you that song all week long dave oh please don't uh, for everyone who isn't part of our text message chain, which is everybody who's listening to this, uh, Josh has been incessantly uh, texting Brandon and I uh, lyrics from J-Lo songs and then inserting his name into them. You know what, guys? Really you should be thankful that I am culturally diverse enough to sing Don't Be Fooled by the Rocks That I Got. I'm still, I'm still Jenny from Block. Just not okay. Nothing, huh? Yeah, Not even home. like a good job, uh, Josh. No, good. we like your pick. <laughs> yeah, we just we like the movie. <laughs> the pick. Right. Thanks, well, Brandon. Now that you've ruined it, Josh, for yourself, Brandon, can you can you save us, please? All right, all right. Let's see. This is gonna this is gonna take a little bit to fucking 
take a whole lot of fucking J-Lo songs on a horror podcast, but <laughs> there we go. So my pick for uh, Slept on Saturday was the 1988 film, Edge of the Axe. It was definitely one of those films that would, it was just like, all right, this is like a fucking cool film. Let me check it out. And so I had thrown it on and then just right the first fucking kill, the, like when the movie first comes on, it's just like, dude, what the fuck? Like this lady just got fucked up at a car wash. <laughs> it's just like, all right, let me keep it. Let's keep it going. Let's see if this film like can just keep on from keep on the same pace that, you know, it started off from. It starts to take a little dip at times, but um, I think it was a well done movie. You know, um, it's one of those slasher films with a big twist at the end with the killer. So, he, like, the film has you thinking, okay, it could be this person. And then just at the end, it's like, oh, okay, that was, a, that was a cool little twist and um, little idea that they had to sit there and uh, kind of keep the film going. But, like, the mask, like, the whole setup of the slasher, this, this film, it, you can definitely see that um, Halloween was a big like um influence on the director and then the writer because you know it, it just it's just like if you take a michael myers mask and just keep the white face remove the hair and like have no mouth piece to it and just have the eyes that's basically what this film did with their mask to kind of like give their i their, their slasher the identity of okay you know this person is not to be fucked with and they just give him like a cool looking axe. And uh, Dave, have you seen that film? No, but it sounds awesome. Uh, I saw you and Josh were texting about it, and I was like, I instantly put it on my two BQ because I have to see this. You're you're missing out, Dave. This one is, is this one's solid, man. Um, and the the end, like the acting is is pretty good. And the end, I was like, oh, why didn't they make a sequel? Um, oh. Yeah, it's good. This one's real good, Brandon. I I I I really like this. I saw this a long time ago, and I watched it again when you posted it. Uh, this was uh, a great film. Yeah, and it's, it's definitely a film that I wouldn't be mad to see a sequel to, like right now. You know, like that the whole twist that they did with the at the end, you know, it would be definitely something I want to check, check out. And like you said, you know, we, people hit us up and it was like, yeah, that's a good choice. It's a good film. Loved it. And, and they also love the twist at the end. So if you have not seen the 1988 film edge of the Axe, check it out. Oh, Brandon, uh, you yeah. got to contact Netflix and you got to tell them that we need to turn that into a uh, TV show a weekly TV show, a teen <laughs> drama, we- The Edge of the Axe. Weekly. <laughs> yeah, I don't I, think Netflix does. Be honest, <laughs> I, yeah, I don't even know what to fucking say right now, but it's just... You could say, I'm still Brandon from like, the block. You know what I mean? I wouldn't be First surprised. First I had a little, be, now I have a lot. Fuck out of All right, but, guys. Uh, Thank you. That's our uh, Slept On Saturday. Monster Monday. That's the way you want to use? I don't know how to sound. Did it sound stupid? Uh, all right, okay. so...
Monster Monday, uh, that's all me. I did um, this week, I did a parody of Godzilla. I did Notzilla. Um, Notzilla is, man, it was, it was like every other parody you ever see. It was just stupid, but it was, uh, it was very entertaining. The characters were over the top, of course. Um, and the actress is super cute. Uh, I, I started following her on social media, um, under the PVD, uh, thing. So I, I forgot her name, uh, but man, she is good looking. Uh, and not Zilla. It was actually really funny. The, so there, it starts off with in Japan, they, there's a giant monster, um, and it has eggs. And one of the scientists steals the eggs, comes over to the United States and loses one. And, uh, all of a sudden Nazilla shows up and this secret laboratory underground where they do atomic research and the guy gives it beer and beer or any alcohol makes Nazilla grow, which is really ironic because I don't know about you guys. When I consume a lot of alcohol, I'm not growing. So it was, uh, it was super, super just cheesy stupid How'd i fun. know you were gonna make that joke dude <laughs> you're right right oh they, they it was set up perfectly for that joke um and that's the kind of humor that is actually in this film it's it's really not the best film but it's a godzilla knockoff so i mean he's just a a kid like like doing stupid stuff getting drunk running through the city like playing with trains and stuff um the guy that made it, I, I'm looking it up now. So I actually have facts on this thing. Um, Mitch Temley made it. Uh, I've never heard of him before, but apparently um, he's been working on this since he was like 19. And uh, the girl is Christina Steiner. Uh, that's the hottie. Um, man, super, super good looking. Oh, that's not the girl. Tina, Tiffany Wink, Winkfield. Tiffany Winkfield. That's her name. So look that girl up, man. She and she's actually a good actress. So that was my Monster Monday. Josh, that was a great pick. I've never seen it before, but I, I think it's, it's a good choice. Such a a good choice. You just... Josh, I um gotta applaud that choice, bro. Good good choice. Yeah, you know what's funny? I shared it in a couple of uh, Godzilla Facebook pages, and uh, well, I shared it in one. And everybody was like, this is terrible. How dare they make fun of Godzilla? Like, lighten it up, dude. Um, is that why you quit social media? <laughs> <laughs> That's it. How dare you make fun of Godzilla? I quit. You're getting, you're getting death threats and you're just done with social media? <laughs> oh, I can't. That brings me to the book of the week. Book of the week. No, ready? Don't be fooled by the books that I got. You're going to regret that one day. I'm still not Godzilla. I'm still not Godzilla. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so the book of the week. It's uh, Fantastic Land by uh, Mike Brockoven. Um, Mike? Mike Noyce? This book was, uh, I think it's a teen book. Um, I'm not sure, but I heard a bunch of stuff about it, so I grabbed it from the library. Dude, it is absolutely insane. Um, it's done interview style. Um, these kids, uh, 
Well, it starts at amusement park. There's a hurricane and they send everybody underground, like 300 kids stay. Uh, the rest of the place gets evacuated. Then they're isolated. Uh, the power goes out. They start beating each other up and killing each other inside. There's no lights. The light, all of a sudden they open the doors. They all run out. One kid uh, starts clowning around, busts his head. Somebody kills him. And they're like, that's the end of it. And then it's like pure mayhem and slaughter through the whole rest of the book. Everyone splits off into different tribes. And uh, the tribes are dope, dude. The, the tribes were real good. They had um, like the robots, the fairies, the mole men, the pirates, the Deadpools. Um, the freaks were like, it was just so cool. And lots of mayhem and killing and bodies being strung up. Uh, absolutely insane book. Highly recommended. Dude, I'm signed with the mole men. Yeah, they were pretty good. They stayed underground the whole time to stay alive. Dude, and they sound they, so badass. Yeah. Well, the fairies. Like, oh, they the got fairies. killed right away. Yeah. But uh, oh, that's, the, you'll never guess who was a badass. The pirates. Gemini's. Oh, yeah, the pirates. <laughs> And, uh, yeah, it was really cool. It was really, it was really interesting to see, like, how there was no Wi-Fi, no phones. Like, the kids, there was plenty of food and shelter, uh, but the kids, they didn't know how to cope. And they just yeah. went ballistic and started killing each other. And uh, it really resonates, like, when it's interview style and you hear people, every kid is like, yeah, we didn't have anything to do because we didn't have our phones. And then all of a sudden we started killing people. Like it, it's just so random, but like really speaks to how kids are. So uh, it was, it was, it was a phenomenal book, dude. It's like, don't these kids remember laughter? Now, Josh, I had a question for you, dude. You said in the beginning, uh, you weren't sure if this was a teen, teen novel and you got it at the library. I thought you weren't allowed in the um, children's in the teen section at the library anymore. <laughs> Why are you bringing that up, Dave? <laughs> You're not supposed to tell anybody that. Oh shit! I got thrown out for singing uh, Jennifer Lopez, and then I yeah, was dancing. Once I started yeah. dancing, it was all over. Okay. Um. <laughs> I was like, we're gonna have the Hubie Halloween at the fucking library. <laughs> fucking done for, Josh. Thank you, Hubie Halloween. Can't have it now. Ruined it. Well, Josh was trying to show his homemade feature called. Puby Halloween, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> dude, that's terrible. And here all right, we anyways, later. anyways, all right. Thank you, Josh. Dude, that was awesome. High five, bro. High five, virtual high five. Oh yeah. Um. All right. So that brings us to our next segment. So yeah, our uh, our first follower pick of the week asked the question to our followers. I said, "What's up, followers? Tell me, what's the best monster film of the two thousands?" And don't lie to me, you fuckers. And they said to me, oh, yes. <laughs> they, said, they said, Dave, it's The Descent. I said, I treasured that pick. So you know what? It's a great pick from you guys. I love The Descent. Um, so The Descent, for you guys who don't know it, it is, of, oh, God, I don't know what, where, what country it's from. It's from another country. It, um Sounds like they have an accent. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna look it up real quick. <laughs> Hold on, I'll cut that. Out. <laughs> Holy oh, shit, Dave! 
see the words are from? I don't know. It's a Brit. It's a British film. So, like I was saying, The Descent is a foreign pick. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, it's a British film. It is from two thousand and five. And um, for those of you guys who haven't seen it, it's it's just a, it's about these spurred lunkers <laughs> who go underground and they uh, they end up getting caught in the ground and uh, it's not nice to them and there's monsters in that ground and those monsters are vicious as shit and they are these monsters that like have they they live in darkness so they're albino they're whiter than me and Josh and um it's just (laughs) (laughs) they are just vicious but um guess what guys brandon they can't see they live live in darkness they can't see guys so um yeah so it's hard for them to kill when they can't see so that's how like the girl the main protagonist ends up getting out or whatnot but um, this is a badass film. Would you you guys see this, Josh? I don't know about you. I know Brandon's seen it. Oh, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, um, it was definitely one of the films. Like I watched it when it first came out. Great film, you know. It definitely holds up. You know, like just starting off from like just the first kill from like the first kill in, in the film, and it was just like it just set the tone for that whole film of them wanting to get out and just do like a girls trip. And I, I, I think they did that well. All right. Yeah, fuck, fuck so, that. Never, I, I don't care who you, what you tempt me with. I'm never getting in a fucking cave. I'm too fat to be stuck in a cave. Never going to happen. You know what? This film, like, it, I had noticed that, um, what was it? 40 Meters Down. You remember that film? The, the sequel? Did you enjoy that? the sequel to that, Dave? I know you were talking yes. about it before. Yes, I did, actually. So, you, yeah, okay. you're talking about the talk film? 40, 47 meters down the sequel or whatever yeah, yeah un- whatever uncaged and so like yeah. that was the main thing that pissed me off about that film when i was in a the theater i'm like yo this film is like stealing the whole idea from the descent you know you got fucking blind albino sharks you know what i mean and it was yeah, just like good call, good call. i didn't think of that that was yeah and so i'm just like this film definitely reminds me of the descent but yeah it's definitely a great film and it's cool that some films that newer films can take ideas from it yeah. but you know too bad that 47 meters down uncaged did not do as well as well, what was that? 47 what was that? meters down uncaged brandon just called you out oh, oh snap 47 meters down uncaged fan group is coming at you brandon Right now. Come at me. That's right. Sylvester me. Stallone's daughter. She knows how to fight, dude. You better watch out. Oh, yeah. Well, I enjoyed the first film. It was more realistic. The second one, I understand. It was like a crazy ride. But I would I would have appreciated that film more if, if it didn't go to the theaters. The second that was good one. backtracking, Brandon. Good backtracking. <laughs> Josh, <laughs> how about that? You like that? All right. So our next, our next follower pick of the week was I asked you guys the question, what is the best vampire film that no one speaks of? And I know that earlier I mentioned how a while ago I asked for the most underrated vampire film and they also agreed with Josh's pick, uh, Vampires. But this one was like 
a little bit of a different twist if you think about it, because it's not just what's underrated, but like what what film does no one ever mention? Like what do you, what one did you enjoy that no one talks about ever? Um, so we ended up coming out with the winner, uh, which was Stephen King's Night Flyer, which was picked by our uh, our buddy Black Gustavo. You know, for this one, I got a bunch of like you know. For the previous one, I had gotten like a ton of picks for the same movie. This one, I got like 20 different picks for 20 different movies. Um, so I kind of just did a, like a, you know, um, whatever you call that wheel of chance thing and so, saw one when we came up. But um, he, he's been actually pushing this movie on us for a while because like he's featured it a few times. He's posted about it. So I was like, you know, what? I'm interested to, to hear what this is about. So I haven't actually gotten to check out Night Flyer yet. But um, I asked, you know, I asked Brandon and Josh what uh, if they had seen it this uh, previously, so then maybe they could speak about it a little bit. And Josh said, you, "You've seen it, Josh." Yeah, yeah. This um, this is by far one of the best vampire movies um, ever. Dwight Renfield was the name of the vampire, um, and the, he goes. He lives in an airplane. And goes from airport to airport and just slaughters everybody. Um, and um, there's uh, a reporter on the case, and he's following him around, and finally meets him at the end. And dude, this this movie is probably the best Stephen King film ever, and no one ever talks about it. The gore is insane. The story is great. The acting is solid. The special effects are phenomenal. And Dwight Renfield, the vampire himself, super freaking awesome. He's got like one big tooth on each, the top and the bottom, and his jaw opens super wide, and he literally consumes people's heads. Like, great, great underrated movie. I completely agree with everybody on this. Um, I've actually used Dwight Renfield um, in some horror icon throwdowns but no one really knows this film. So no one ever votes for him, which is uh, a crying shame. There's a little little tidbit here. I just was looking at that character and there's actually an action figure made after Dwight. (gasps) Kind of cool. What? That's so dope, dude. I don't know who made that, but uh, that's pretty awesome. I'm definitely going to check this out now that, you know, you, you speak about it. And uh, like I said, black Savo has mentioned it a number of times over the years so i feel like i'm missing out here yeah so it's definitely for me like one of those films when i was younger you know it would just be on tv and you didn't really know what it was because back then we didn't have the fancy cable boxes where you can just press guide or info and then it would tell you what the fuck was on you know so i definitely want to go back and watch it again but i remember like hbo having like a deal with it like that um, so it was kind of like a HBO film that was kind of like released back then. And, um, cause how Stephen King did like his films were basically like for TV back then, just like, it wasn't a really big, uh, theater releases unless it was, uh, was like Pet Cemetery, but like yeah. how it was like a TV special. So this is, this is also like a special that was done for like HBO. So yeah, I definitely want to go back, check it out and kind of see if it still holds up to uh, what I remember as a kid. You know, it, it almost brings me back to a time, and I don't, I don't know if this was, like I said, I haven't seen it, so I don't know if this was one of those type of films. But, I mean, do you guys remember, like, 
that feeling about like uh, made for TV movies that were like in segments, kind of like the way it came out. Like, I feel like it's such a lost thing. Like um, the stand was like a three part movie or something like that. Or even the shining, wasn't that a made for TV movie that was like multiple parts, but like, they don't do things like that. They tried to recently. Um, Well, maybe it wasn't too recent, but when they did, um, they did a remake of Rosemary's baby. I don't know if you yeah. guys had seen that within the past couple of years. Um, but it, like that feels like it's such a dying and like almost pretty much almost dead thing where they do made for TV movies of like horror films. And uh, as much as those were cheesy, it's, I think that was a huge part of our upbringing and like our childhood. So I have such like a soft spot for it. And I almost am like sad that kids will grow up without those. Um it's like a way for when we were too young to watch like rated R movies, we were still able to get a horror fix and like kind of like develop our opinion about the horror genre. And now kids that are like way too young are seeing movies that are like probably not appropriate for them. And they're seeing horror in like a different way than what we did. So like, it's probably not scary for them and it probably is like way too real for them. Whereas we saw like these cheesy horror films that were like toned down because they were made for TV, but they were also kind of made for whatever audience was going to be there. So it's, it, you know, it's kind of sad that like, they don't do that anymore, yeah. but that's my rant. The, uh, yeah, that so actually, oh, go ahead, Brandon. Sorry. No, sorry. no, I was saying it's, it's hard now because it's like we live in this, this time where it's just, everything has to be re- reality TV. So it's yeah. like, that's not going to fit whatever schedule they have going on you know on most networks because they're just trying to get out what certain people like you know drama and everything like that so yeah it definitely is definitely a lost art sucks the uh so i was gonna say that's actually a throwback to the serials um of the 40s and 50s um when talkies first went into the theater they used to do short films um like every week uh, which were uh, the same thing. They were episodes kind of like a TV show, but they didn't have TV back then. So they did the serials, which was the same thing. So if you went to see like, I don't know, gone with the wind, you would catch a serial and it could be anything. So a lot of times they would uh, put the horror in front of the romance for some mm-hmm. reason. So people would go to see romance and then get like a horror serial and be like, what the hell? <laughs> so it was like the same thing. And then when they started doing it on television, they became mini movies where it was like 45 minute chunks or half hour chunks all the way through. And that was a throwback to the serials. Uh, I actually talked to, who was it? Um, a guy, Forey Ackerman actually told me that when I met Forey Ackerman, we had a conversation about it. So there you go. I actually heard that um, before uh, they played Gone with the Wind, they had aired a little segment of Dick Shark. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude. That eased, eased everyone into uh, Gone with the Wind. Was, <laughs> yeah. Uh, just a few, you know, a few shout outs. To, as always, I want to shout out Satanic Panic 81 for our theme music. So thank you very much. Go check out his music. Uh, hopefully we're going to get him on an episode very soon. Yeah, you know, check out our buddies at Gut Podcast, at uh, That Strange Show. Definitely um, 
you know, if you enjoy listening to us or you hate listening to us, you're going to enjoy or hate listening to them too. So go do that as well. Also, I want to say thank you to everyone that submits like the uh, Spooky Sketch Sundays and the cosplays. Um, you know, that was the main thing about us, you know, starting a main community driven horror page that kind of showcases everyone that follows us and everything like that. So just want to say thank you because, you know, we it, it's cool to kind of like post up pictures of people that we follow that the time and effort that they put into some of their, their crafts. And so and we can share it to a bigger um, audience than what maybe they have, you know, so. Again, thank you to everybody that's out there, that all the followers. Appreciate it. Yeah, for sure. And we yeah. uh, threw in a couple oh, – I'm sorry, Josh, but I was just going to say we threw in a couple other tags this month. Um, so I want to encourage everybody to still join in, even if it's after this month. But uh, we did PVD, Haunted Houses. So if you guys see any spooky-looking houses – um, you know, I've been throwing up a lot of abandoned photos of houses and stuff like that. So if you guys see any, put up PVD, tag it PVD uh, Haunted Houses, and we'll feature it on our page. Cool. Um, I just wanted to shout out to my brother Chuckles. Um, it was pretty cool of him to let me go on his show uh, maybe a week or two ago. And uh, cool that he got the chance to come on uh, with us. Hopefully we'll have more people on um, as time progresses. And, of course, shout, shout out to the Guts guys. You said that. Uh, love those guys. Space Viking, Llama get in. That's what it's all about. Um, so I guess that's it for me. So thanks. Yeah, that's what it's all about. Oh, and of course, a shout out to Jennifer Lopez. <laughs> Don't be fooled by the rocks that I got. All right, I'm still, all right. I'm still Jenny from the Black. So I want to thank everybody for uh, for <laughs> making it through this episode. Uh, I know we are difficult to listen to, but I appreciate everybody who has made it through. (laughs) So, you know, keep listening. Uh, I got to say this. I hate saying it because it sounds like we're begging, but um, we would so appreciate any ratings and reviews you guys could do, especially on iTunes. That's where I see it. I don't know if there's even another site where you do those, but it definitely helps, uh, helps get the word out there. So any ratings or reviews you guys t- could do would be appreciated. But other than that, stay tuned and have a good night. This is Dave. Oh, 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 hold on. Wait a minute. Let me see. Um, also, I want to shout out um, someone that I had sold Jacko to on VHS. It's in oh. the mail. It's, it's What's that about? Right now. I, I, I just found this, this film, Jacko. I sold it, and so I ended up getting some decent money on it. It's in the mail. It's on its way. Appreciate it. <laughs> That's <laughs> fucked up, dude. <laughs> <laughs> Can't believe you. More death threats coming your way, Brandon. I'm ready for it. <laughs> All right, let's end this motherfucker. All right, everyone, this is Dave. This is Brandon. And this is Joshua. Have a good night. (laughs) Have a good night. (laughs) I'm fucking rambling. It's all right, dude. Brandon's rambling.
I was there on that white water rafting. The dribbler. <laughs> the dribbler. <laughs> the dribbler. Great movie. Good pick. Brandon, <laughs> I'm going to tell you, dude, I was on that white water raft with you, man. I was going for that journey. <laughs> Hold on, wait a minute. A little remix from the Lost Boys. Fuck of the week. <laughs> Dude, do it again. That was awesome. <laughs> I will not read. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dude. Dude, that was really good. <laughs>